Welcome to the Inclusion Think Tank podcast brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education, NJCIE. As the name suggests, this podcast will discuss inclusive education and most importantly, why it works. On today's episode, we welcome our guest, Fred. Fred is the president and CEO of NJCIE. And during our conversation today, we will discuss the work that NJCIE is doing as it relates to inclusive education. Welcome to the Inclusion Think Tank podcast. This podcast is presented by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education, and this is our very first episode, which I am very excited to present to you today. My name is Arthur Aston, and I will be your host. I'm looking forward to sharing all of these informative and educational episodes with you. I am joined today by my first guest, Fred, and Fred is the president and CEO of New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education. Thank you for joining me today, Fred. Thank you, uh, Arthur, and it's it's great to be here. Yes, so um, our conversation today is um, primarily going to be focused on the work that uh, New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education, also known as NJCIE, the work that you all do there and how you came to be. So I'm excited to share this episode with all of our listeners today, just so they can get a background of, um, you know, what the organization is about and all of the wonderful work that you are doing there. Oh, I'm looking looking forward to telling everybody about it. Yeah. So um, to start off, can you tell us the story of NJCIE, how they, uh, how the organization came to be? Oh, absolutely. Um, NJCIE started as, or I should, the, I should say the predecessor to NJCIE was a subcommittee developed in New Jersey by TASH which is a large national advocacy organization for people with disabilities. Uh, TASH set up subcommittees in a number of states that uh, were largely run by parents and focused on inclusive education in their local areas. So a a group of parents got together, uh, largely parents with children with Down syndrome, and through TASH's uh, help and guidance, uh, started building connections and advocating for change in their local districts for their children and, and other children. Um, and uh, this went on for about five years. And, and during those five years, you know, of course, there was a year or two of building, but then um, the advocating turned into action. Um, and they were able to convince districts uh, by hook or crook or at times lawsuit um, to include uh, their children in in their their local schools, um, and kind of universally, the, I was told that the districts came back and said, uh, "We're willing to try this quote unquote new thing uh, called inclusive education, but we need help. We need training. We need support. We need guidance on how to do this effectively." Um, so the parents started sourcing uh, national. Uh, experts on inclusive education and helping the districts to uh, purchase or or get their services in some way to support the teachers to include students with disabilities. In 
after a few years of doing that, uh, the parents found that the demand for these support services and advocacy services grew to the point where it made sense to uh, formally incorporate as a nonprofit. Happened in 1995. Um, since uh, 1995, we have continued to expand the services that we offer uh, both parents and, and schools. So uh, we provide a free IEP consultation and free parent group training to parents. Uh, we're always happy to talk to anyone who is looking for more inclusive education for their children, uh, and we will support them however we can. Um, for for students, the, the only real interaction we have there is our student poster contest, uh, which is the Inclusion Works poster contest that students can submit um, uh, uh, pieces of art depicting inclusive education in a school. And, and you know, the grand prize winner uh, receives uh, some money and uh, copies of that poster are provided to schools across the state. Um, we've been doing that for many years, and it's up on the website. And the, the images we get are just spectacular. Uh, and oddly enough, the last of the last five or six years, almost every year, it has been a middle school student who has won the contest. Um, very, very interesting. Um, and then the the largest piece of our services really are working with schools and and districts and teachers uh, to help include. Uh, students with disabilities. So we do that through training, through uh, consultation, and through coaching. We work with uh, paraprofessionals, teachers, child study team members, uh, administrators at the school and district level um, to support their efforts uh, at, at greater inclusive education. Um, also, in 2018, we signed a uh, a partnership agreement with Montclair State University. And then in 2020, we launched a partnership with Montclair State's Center for Autism and Early Childhood Mental Health and the New Jersey Department of Education Office of Special Education uh, uh, to support the efforts of the uh, New Jersey Inclusive Education Technical Assistance Project, or NJIETA. And what NJIETA does is it provides supports and services to about 75 uh, districts a year uh, to further uh, grow their inclusive ed efforts. Um, the last thing we do is our uh, annual uh, inclusion conferences. Um, so we have a conference in March and a, a larger conference in June. Uh, that brings hundreds of people together from around the state and country and, and world uh, to talk about inclusive education. Yes, so I am a brand new hire with NJCIE. This uh, podcast is my main task uh, here, and I'm enjoying uh, preparing for it so far. And I've learned so much just in my short months that I've been working here uh, about inclusive education. And so I'm really uh, grateful to you and for your team there for this opportunity. And your um, your conference in June, I had a chance to sit in on a few of the uh, seminars that were taking place there. And so it's very uh, beneficial information for me to uh, 
to learn a lot more about inclusive education and having uh, a disability myself, and I'm well into my adulthood at this point, but uh, to better have a better understanding of what education is and how it impacts those with disabilities and knowing the job that you all are doing to help um, improve that is uh, great and it's really important. And I'm very excited and happy to uh, be working with you all here and uh, excited to, you know, for what's to come for, for you all and uh, for my time here. Well, we're, I, we're, we're thrilled to have you in. And you know, it's interesting you, you, you point that out, um, that, that working in the organization tends to be a learning experience for really everyone, whether they come in with a, with a PhD or just years of experience. Um, the focus on inclusive education, uh, both internally and externally, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to learn. And I think that we do a, a really good job of um, sharing that information and, and creating relationships, again, both internally and, and externally, that are mutually supportive, that are open, that are respectful, and that are um, hopefully filled with laughter uh, most of the time. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so, so I know you you mentioned that you all um, you focus on the teachers and you do some uh, seminars and things for parents as well. Can you um, talk about what specifically the mission of NJCIE is and um, and that that kind of uh, thing and and how you how you go about achieving that uh, mission? Sure. The, the mission is to uh, promote and extend inclusive educational opportunities to every student with a disability and, and really all students uh, across the state. Um, New Jersey is, is one of the more restrictive states in the country when it comes to inclusive education. So, um, you know, our mission includes uh, cheerleading the uh, efforts already underway in the field to make uh, schools more inclusive, uh, to provide knowledge and information and expertise in inclusive education, um, and really to go out there and work with uh, everyone and anyone who uh, wants to work with us around uh, inclusion and inclusive education. Um, we are generally uh, in the position kind of a facilitator for change whether that be through uh, grant provided services or fee for service or, um, you know, just the free services that we provide in general. Um, our role is to uh, meet schools wherever they are in the continuum of inclusive education and help support their efforts to improve. And um, every school is different, um, but there's, there's, the one thing that's constant is there, there's always room to grow and improve um, the, everything, really, when it comes to educating students uh, with our focus on inclusive education. Yeah, that's, um, it, it's so, again, it's just so great what you all are doing. And that's what I was really um, interested in when I saw, uh, you know, the opportunity to apply there and uh just I have a, such a passion for improving the lives of those who have disabilities and making it better for, um, I sound very old when I say this, but for the future generations. 
uh, <laughs> that are coming up behind me. <laughs> but uh, it's it's just so true. I really have a uh, a passion for that. So I'm I'm very happy again to uh, join you all in this uh, in this work. And uh, so this this whole podcast is centered around inclusive education. Um, can you tell us uh, how you define inclusive education? I'll, I'll start with, with two words or phrases. There's, there's kind of inclusion and inclusive education. And, you know, my view is that inclusion is kind of that broader philosophical, larger societal kind of sense of the word inclusion. Uh, and that's, that's inclusion with a capital I. So if it's uh, people with disabilities, uh, LGBTQ, um, it, it doesn't really matter. It is about all people uh, living, working, laughing, uh, and learning together. But for us, inclusion is, is just that. It is that larger philosophical idea of, of the way uh, the world should be, which is inclusive. Uh, inclusive education tends to be a bit more particular, and it is really the, the focus on, um, you know, uh, ages, you know, for us, K through, uh, uh, K through 12 plus, you know, uh, uh, transition period, you know, 18 to 21. Um, and it is really about students uh, learning, uh, laughing, belonging, um, and, and being educated together. It, it is about the practice of including all students um, in the same classrooms, uh, in the same schools, uh, with their with their friends, with their neighbors, um, and and it can be uh, particular to, um, or I, I I should rephrase that and say, um, inclusive education is a set of evidence based practices as well. So not only is it about what the students are doing, but it is about what the teachers and the schools are doing to ensure that students can be successful uh, in general education classes. And so that schools are designed to support all students from the start. Great, that is, um, I love how you made the distinction and uh, between inclusion and inclusive education. That's uh, really, um, really important to, uh, to mention. And I, th I think it's a good place to start in the schools because as the students get older and they become adults, they are, you know, that they, they can be better prepared to be included in the uh, general population out in the world, uh, in the working world, in their communities, and uh, wherever they, you know, wherever they choose to go after uh, after school hours and, and all of that. So it's really important to start these um, lessons of inclusion in uh, in a school setting so that they can be uh, applied outside and in the community. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. And I, you know, listen, we live in uh, quote unquote, typically developing world, uh, whatever that means. Um, but at, at the end of the day, the, the students we're teaching today uh, are, are, are going to graduate and are going to be living in our communities and our neighborhoods with us um and you know i i know it it almost sounds like even, even saying that feels 
a bit bizarre to me, uh, making making that such a distinction. But the reality is, for students with disabilities, um, they need to be included from the start, uh, not excluded through the public education system, and expect to, to suddenly figure out how to include themselves uh, after high school or at, or post secondary. Um, so we, we need to start um, at the same time that everybody else does in the same room with everybody else. Uh, not only because it's the right thing, but also because it's a civil right. Um, you know, it it has been it has been upheld through the judiciary over and over again that students with disabilities have a civil right to access general education curriculum and the general education classroom. Um, at the end of the day, all we're really doing as an organization is supporting students in accessing those rights. Yeah, that was um, that was one of the big things that I mentioned uh, that I saw on your website when um, when I was applying that uh, you mentioned that this is a civil right for, you know, for all students. And that really struck me because, as you said, like it has been said over and over again in the different laws that have been passed, you know, that that students are entitled to this as a civil right. So the fact that you include that on your website was a really uh, really important and really big thing for um, for me personally to see. And so that was a, a really big highlight for me. I was like, yes, it is. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, and we have to, uh, you know, we have to make sure that we share that and spread that and, and make people aware that um, that it is a civil right, that everyone uh, deserves that opportunity. And, um, you know, it, it is their right to have that opportunity to uh, have the, a great education and access to it. So, um, yeah, that was that was really cool for, to see. Absolutely, and I think that the language we use too around some of this is is problematic uh, in 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 our sphere, the education sphere. Is just starting with the term general education class versus special education class. Uh, once a student is classified, they are labeled as a special education student. And then um, it's, it can be understandable how uh, people might be confused about placing a quote unquote special education student in a quote unquote general education classroom. Um, so even the language we use around naming things and labeling things is, is problematic. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the, the judiciary has found over and over again that inclusive education is a civil right. So we're, we're not out here uh, as the enforcers. We're not the lawyers. We're not, we're not suing people. We're, we're, we're simply here to support everyone's efforts to improve and enhance and extend inclusive educational opportunities for all students in New Jersey. Um, I, I'm enjoying everything that you're saying. This is, uh, Again, I, I learned so much every time that, uh, you know, that I've spoken with you and the others that uh, work with NJCIE. Uh, so I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation personally myself. So I know that our listeners will, um, you know, gain some really good insight into inclusion and inclusive education through this episode. Let me, okay. uh, let me further define something too, because I don't mm -hmm. want anyone to get confused. When I'm when I'm talking about inclusive education, um, 
I'm not talking about taking students who have been in more restrictive settings and simply dumping them in general education classrooms. When we're talking about inclusive education, we are talking about uh, educating all students by providing them uh, the supports they need, the modifications they need, um, really ensuring that the instructional environment for all students is of high quality and meets those students' needs. It is not simply a dump and run uh, situation. And, and, you know, it takes work. It, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of effort. Um, but it is, it is so worth it in the end. Um, and I'd also like to point out that when uh, the Individuals with Disabilities in Education Act was passed, actually written into the law, it says 30 years of research have shown that inclusive education um, is, is essentially better for all students. And that law was passed over 40 years ago. So in the, the last 40 years, the research has not it's not grown less, it has grown more uh, uh, pointed and more uh, understood that inclusive education really is um, the best practice uh, for, for all students, but most specifically for students with disabilities. As we wrap up our conversation, can you share with us um, some things that every school can do to better improve uh, their inclusive education uh, setting. Uh, absolutely, and um, there's a lot of ways to, uh, you know, improve in inclusive educational settings free. Um, now, the, the NJIETA project, which I mentioned before, is funded through the New Jersey Department of Ed Office of Special Education, um, and there is an enrollment period that generally starts in March and uh, lasts until uh, usually mid-May each year where schools can apply for free support services uh, through the grant. Um, and this grant will continue through the next couple of years. So I, I, would, I would strongly recommend schools in New Jersey apply uh, for the services through the NJITA grant but uh, you know they should also be aware that there are a number of other grants out there um, provided through the Department of Education that will also enhance uh, inclusive opportunities for students. Um, one of the initiatives is the PBSIS initiative or Positive Behavior Supports and Interventions in Schools. Um, this helps schools better uh, to provide positive behavioral supports for all students. Uh, there is the NJTSS um, project, which helps schools implement uh, early literacy programs uh, and tiered interventions around uh, literacy in elementary schools. Uh, also, uh, a free support provided to schools. Uh, there is the Person-Centered Planning, or PCAST, project uh, that schools can apply for. Uh, which support schools to do individual person-based planning for students with more significant disabilities. Um, there are community-based instruction, uh, community-based instruction project as well that schools can apply for. 
to help support their efforts to uh, provide transition services to students by, by helping them to uh, learn useful skills uh, that'll transition translate into uh, employment. Um, so there are a number of free opportunities or supports provided by the DOE to schools across the state. Other things that schools could do uh, to improve internally is to really take a look at um, their inclusion rates um, and look at their data to uh, identify, you know, where. First off, where, where does the school stand on the continuum? Are we including 80% of our kids or are we including 20% of our kids? And if, if we're not including uh, the majority, uh, vast majority, the national average is 64% inclusion rate, then what can we do? What can we, what can we develop? What can we change to ensure more students are included? And really, you know, at the end of the day, just um, taking a step back and, and taking a look at a student who is in a gen ed setting who might be struggling, think about different ways to support the student where they are before making the decision to change placement. And just send me an email if you need help. I'm happy to help. We're always happy to help. <laughs> yes, and that's what, um, that was actually the last part that I was going to say. How can, uh, school districts uh, get in touch with you, um, you know, to, to better understand what you offer and how you can assist them. Can you share that with us? Certainly. Uh, you can visit our website, njcie.org, uh, or you can visit the State DOE Project website, njieta.org. We love our acronyms. Um, or you can send an email to team at njcie.org. Dot org, and we're happy to provide more information. Great. Thank you uh, for that, for that uh, contact information, and also for those ways that uh, schools can better improve uh, their inclusive education within their uh, school building and their district. And I, I think it was really important that, and I'm happy that you uh, shared some of the free uh, resources that are available because a lot of times, uh, people associate, you know, making changes with it costing a lot of money. So uh, to have those free uh, opportunities available and to uh, mention them, and there's so many that you uh, shared, is uh, very important. So thank you for that. And uh, I thank you for your time today and, and for joining me on this, uh, our first episode of the Inclusion Think Tank podcast. It was a great interview and um, we will definitely uh, be talking soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you and have a great day. <laughs> we thank you for listening to this episode of the Inclusion Think Tank podcast. This podcast is brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media at NJCIE. Until next time.